Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Part of Me podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about military spending. We kind of wanted to tie it in with our other episode on civilian spending. But, um, you know, as I said in the first one, we've been pretty busy with school and life. It's the holidays. And so we kind of been on a little bit of a hiatus. So I know these are shorter, but we wanted to give you guys a couple more episodes to go along with it. So we have the one on civilian spending. We got this one on government spending. You know, these are a little bit shorter. We're doing like quick bursts to get it at you. And we got a longer one coming on COVID soon. So thank you guys for listening. And we got more on the way. Um, so today, yeah, we're talking about military spending. Uh, it's quite a lot on that. We spend the most. <laughs> I number guess, one, always. Number one. America. <laughs> of course. You know, I mean, I guess it's good, too. We got the strongest military. At least we're spending our money right somewhere, supposedly. Um, but we wanted to talk about this because I think uh, me and Strata, you know, we both feel that although we were in the military and we're grateful for it and we've gotten a lot of good things for the military. We're probably spending a little too much over there, too. What do you think, Estrada? you think that's fair? Um, it, it's very fair to say. Very fair to say. Um, you can see it on a daily basis. You know? And the, and I mean, not obviously, on personnel. What was that? And not on personnel. No, not on personnel. And, and uh, um, just to give um, you know, the listeners an overview, uh, America in 2019 spent $732 billion on um on our defense the military that's 16 percent of our federal budget um that's and that is considered discretionary spending as if you if you listen to our um civilian spending podcast i elaborated a little bit on that um it takes up 50 54 percent of the actual discretionary budget of spending and the discretionary budget again just the the things that fall the categories that fall under it are like education transportation agriculture things of that nature so this mm-hmm. one it's fifty per four point five percent of all of that. Holy God. Yeah, we spend more than the next ten countries below us combined. China is second to us, and they they only spent two hundred and sixty one billion, and they're second. Can you, you know have, what's crazy? We didn't always used to be like that. What, what, what time? Like America had this. Like I mean, yeah, of course we had a military and a navy and all that. But we had like this real isolationist policy of like, we, I mean, we were very far from like a lot of continents, just geographically speaking. We're, we're kind of isolated, you know, in terms of Europe and Asia, especially. So we had this isolationist policy of like, okay, we're kind of just going to do us. We're going to build up. Um, we're going to stay out of people's business. And we're just going to maintain our ports and things like that. We weren't like too, too much of an empire. You know, we were making our moves, of course. I'm not going to say we were innocent, but we weren't like totally you know military industrial complex that sort of thing and then that changed when we hit world war ii and once we got into that and you know in a way business was booming during the war you know it was just the war business was booming and we became very locked into that cycle and then we kind of never got out of it because if you look at our conflicts we had like what we had our independence you know, mm-hmm. ar- arguably established really in 1812 when we finally defeated the British. And we had the Civil War. Then we had World War One and World War Two, kind of far we apart. The, I mean, we had the Mexican-American War. The Mexican-American War, excuse me, yes, too. But then if you notice, after World War Two, it's World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, the Middle East, which we've been in for like, it feels like 30 years. 
and, and do you see like how much we've ramped it up since then? And one could argue we have not been very successful post the Korean War. It's been a lot of um, mistakes more than successes. Yeah, a lot of mistakes that just keep us like in a stalemate. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like you know it's it's progress, but I don't know. Obviously, we're not like gonna we're not on the top of the government, but it doesn't seem like progress is really going our way or going anyway. Or else we'd be done with conflicts. We'd be done with these, or you would see some drastic changes going on. No, and I think honestly, I think one of the biggest problems, something we need to face, there needs to be some sort of cap, limit, prohibitive period, something on people who leave office and what they can do when they leave office. Because I think one thing we we, we have something here where we get these people on administration, whoever. And they approve these military contracts or they approve these military missions that use X, Y, and Z equipment. Um, and they, they sign away checks for this stuff or they promote the things that will use these things. And then that person gets out of office and they get hired at that company that they just gave a contract to. Or they own stock in the company they just gave a contract to. Or somebody very close to them works there or is the head of it. Like you can't just get out of office and then just wildly benefit from something that you initiated while in office. It's like people working for the SEC and then getting out to work for a hedge fund. You know, like it just there needs to be some time limit or some some period where it's like, yo, you can't do this. You mean like the guys that are like um, the head of the Federal Reserve and then somehow end up at like as a CEO or like the main <laughs> chairman of these like huge hedge funds? Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, how? How did that happen? Of course. You know what I mean? You do this law and you enact these things to fuck over people and then you leave and then you get the cushy job for the same companies that you you fucked us over for. And you're saying and you're saying this is going on with the government spending. So like these contracts that are being given out to like for example, like I'm not saying this is happening with this company, but for example, like Lockheed Martin. Exactly. It's exactly. not the only reason, but I do think it's a reason. It's crazy that things like this go on like all the time. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, go on all the time. We don't even like think about it. Like most most Americans, not not saying that they're not informed or anything. Well, maybe it is that they're not informed. Um, they don't even realize it's happening. You know, they're just like, oh my god, we spent so much money on this government spending. They're like, yeah, we're number one, right? But then like us who've seen some of the like low tier spending, right? That obviously can accumulate over a long time on these bases, and you're like, wow, like where's all this money going? Yeah. You know, like obviously, you know, aircraft carriers, and like for example, an aircraft carrier costs billions of dollars just to build, right? For the Navy sense. Like it costs like about twelve point eight billion in materials and labor, right? Just to build one aircraft carrier. But like our budget is seven hundred and thirty two billion dollars. And we're not building like ten of these a year. No. No. <laughs> like definitely not. And then there's those things that we order. And that we just order in bulk and they just sit around. Like I remember watching some some story. Oh my God. I, I'm going way back because it was like it was the Daily Show and John Stewart was oh, still okay. on it. You know, so it was good. Um, <laughs> and he was um he was talking about the army ordered like some outrageous number of tanks. Like like I'm talking like ten thousand tanks, like a lot. And they basically have since and still at, at least as of the time I saw that thing, which was what, probably like eight years ago, something like that. Uh-huh. We're just sitting in a warehouse in like Nevada or Arizona, 
just just collecting dust. But we had to have these tanks. We had to order this thing. And I know for a fact that that is not the only instance of shit like that happening in the military. Well, it's like, I'm always like left speechless when I hear things like that. Because, I mean, <laughs> these tanks aren't cheap. Like, no. by no means. And, like, how much money can be allocated? Like, we were speaking to personnel. You know, maybe, like, they always talk about, like, oh, well, uh, this this presidency, not not targeting any presidency, but like whichever, like each presidency, they're gonna they're gonna pay the military better. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do this, they're gonna do that, and they're like, or like, oh, how much? Or like, oh, one point one percent. You know what I mean? I'm just like, that's not that much for people that put their life on the lines. Like, now I'm not saying us specifically, but for people that actually go out there and put their life on the lines, like, a one point one percent to you is a, like that's that's like a suffice for your life, or for potentially putting your life in danger. Yeah. Like that, those tanks right there. That's a perfect example. Like that money could be used somewhere else. Like pay these people more. Like to the VA. Yeah. For the oh my God! Don't even get me started on the VA for the veterans that really need it. Like the veterans, we need, we we owe, you know, like the Vietnam vets that we owe things to. Yeah. We should cut back on some tanks and you know help them out a little bit. Yeah. Like for for example, like I'm not even a Vietnam vet and none of that. Like you know, I didn't see combat or anything. But for me, just to get an appointment to be seen by the VA, it's about a month wait. Mm-hmm. A month. What other person would wait a month to be seen? And I'm not even, you know, I'm not like elderly or anything like that. So can you imagine these Vietnam War vets, you know, who've like been through it all and like have these, you know, or you people know. who have legitimate medical concerns. Like exactly. a month might be a long time to wait if you have, you know, some serious conditions, life threatening conditions, or you know, things that could potentially spike into that. You know, you're you're a healthy young dude, thank thankfully. Exactly. But but you're still waiting a month. Imagine those people who are like all messed up, you know, hundred percent disabled, whatever. Are they waiting a month too? No, yeah, and, that, and that's what I think of. You know, obviously they're older, you know, they, they need the care more than I do. Right. And if if I'm waiting a month, you know, like can you imagine these guys who don't even have their back then I'm sure they didn't even really care about health records. Mm. You know, even yeah, trying, trying to find things together. on these guys. You know, like I just show you like this money, like it's it's almost like that um you know like uh teddy roosevelt said like how how does the saying go yeah the one with the big stick oh oh what is it like walk silently and carry a big stick big stick you know that's yeah. not the exact one the first part i'm sure but yeah it's it's like that you know like america has to keep showing its like presence everywhere all the time which is why like i feel like the spending is so big we just just for for us to have the presence in all these places because we pay millions to these c- uh, countries that were we keep the bases that they allowed us for have to have bases, right? So uh, we pay Germany millions. You know what I mean? Like, where where else do we have a base? It's not like in America. Um, uh, Bahrain, right? We pay them money. You know what I mean? It, these things aren't free. People forget that Italy. People are like, oh, they they're just allies. They allow us to be there for free. No, we pay these these countries Good substantial money. amounts of money. Yeah, to be there. Right? Bases have shut down over topics like this like the the country charging them too much money to be there i think that's their way of getting us out without getting us out yeah right like um i mean obviously i think japan would have got us out by now but i mean we had that um was that agreement they signed in world war ii where we could be there to like a certain date in japan yeah oh no they're not allowed to have a military so when i know they have a certain time right no 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 oh really I mean, they have like some kind of force, like a Coast Guard esque force, but that's all they're allowed to have. That was part of their surrender. 
I don't know the exact wording, but like, no, they don't have a military period oh, wow. because they signed it like away. They got the real bad deal there. I mean, yeah. I'm not even trying to sound make a joke, but two nuclear bombs and that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They just have like a some defense force for like local stuff. So they can't have an official military though. No, no, no. They don't like have an aircraft carrier. Wow. No, there's none of that. I don't even That's know if like they have used nukes. To me. Honestly, I don't even know if they have nukes. I think they just have reactors. Like I had heard about the treaty and like them having like provid like they've had restrictions on their military, but like I didn't never knew that it was like no military. Well, that's the reason because it wasn't a treaty; it was a surrender. The, we oh, have that's right. It was, a, it was just a blanket surrender. We have a treaty with like Cuba for Guantanamo. Like we made that deal because we helped them in the Spanish uh, Spanish American War win their independence from Spain, and then they signed a treaty with us, granting us that land. Like in perpetuity basically forever based on like the only way you can get out of it is like if we both want to get out of it or something and america never opts to get out of it so that's that's a treaty that's an agreement yeah but but uh no no they just surrendered oh wow yeah this is different (laughs) (laughs) i could have got a little off topic but yeah just like all this money is being spent on to these countries in exchange for us being there and just having our presence. Yeah, it's all right. But they ask you this, Danny, is that you think it, it's it's warranted? Um, oh boy. I mean, yes and no. So no, like the way we got some of these places was definitely not kosher, like Hawaii, for example. You know, there was some shady shit going on. Guam, you know, places like that. Alaska, like we have these places, we didn't get Alaska shady, but I mean, it's like we have these places. Like, do we really need them? Do they have to be part of America? No, but let's be real, they have a lot of strategic value. It's nice to be so close to Russia and Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's nice to have Hawaii there because you can launch to the east from Hawaii or Guam. It's pretty far east. So very have, east. Very so we have all these satellite bases for a reason. So it, it helps our presence, it helps our refueling lines, our shipping lines. It's all just strategic. So I don't think that should have been our goal, but it is where we're at. And I think at this point the way we've established ourselves and our role in the world, I don't know. I think it's hard to just relinquish that stuff because my concern is what do we relinquish that doesn't stay that way? Like you know, we gave up Hong Kong and look at how it's turning out. Or not we, but, you know, Hong Kong was turned back and look how it's turning out. You're like, what if we turn Guam over and, you know, China just takes it over or something? It'd either be China or North Korea. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what, 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 where's the line? You know, I'm not saying we're perfect or anything, but, like, where's the line? And that's why I say yes and no. What do you think? I, I agree with you. Strategic locations are very important in this day and age mm-hmm. but but sometimes i feel like and i'm not trying to sound like one of those people that's like oh they're taking they're taking advantage of america right now yeah. you know what i mean but like obviously <laughs> these countries these countries know that we we're a very successful country right as in terms of gdp and you know per capita and all that so they obviously charge us like the most they can of course right but at the same time us being there benefits them right just knowing that that country has us military presence Right, these countries are looked differently just for that. 
I agree. Like we don't have no Italian base in the United States, do we? But I, I but that's what I feel for these people. Like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. But also, like, dude, if they don't want us there, you know, what if fucking people are coming to your neighborhood and just po- chilling out that you didn't want? I mean, it ha- happens all the time. No, no, but it's, but I'm saying that's why it's it's a benefit for both of them. Mm. And I feel like sometimes they forget that and that's why they charge us so much. And we go out there and we spend our money out in the ports and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All that money's getting spent there. Um, We paint them a substantial amount of money just to be there. Like I said, we don't have no German base in the United States. When's the last time you're like, oh yeah, like you walk by, and you're like, oh yeah, there's, let's go check out, you know, the German base in, in Dallas. There's nothing yeah, like no. that. I didn't even thought no. about it till now. There's nothing like that, obviously, besides embassies, but like, we don't no. have no military presence. Could you imagine if they're like, we never tomorrow was announced the Germans going to have a base in California? Like, people would lose their mind. That would never happen. The only way a foreign country is going to be allowed to have a base in America is if that foreign country takes us over. It'll Agreed. never happen. Agreed. Never risk that exactly like i guarantee you even like if it happened like in canada like a german base like we'd probably be like oh my gosh no never britain's the same way you think there's a foreign base in britain yeah. or france you know or these or italy or russia these massive countries hell no but there is a foreign base in italy we're there. there is there there is you're right we're there yeah, we're there and we're in germany too you're right you're right and yeah. there's an air force base in great britain Exactly. You see you're what I mean? Right. You're right. It's a good we're in the Middle mind. East. We're in Asia. Yeah, you're right. We're 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 pretty Europe, deep. like maybe maybe it is a benefit. Like do like I said, do I think they're overcharging us? Yes, and I don't know. May, I don't know the specifics exactly of them the where the money's going. But like I said, seven hundred thirty-two billion dollars. Yeah, we got to be giving them a good amount. They know how much we spend on our military. You know. Yeah, of course. It's broadcasted. It's Everybody knows that you know America and and uh, the military. You know, we go hand in hand. That's our whole image. Whether whether you know for better or worse, um, it's our whole image. I think that's part of the reason too why like there's a lot of this anti you know sentiment of like like why do you need things made in America or like you know kind of bemoaning America and all that. Like I just think. Part of it is that it's like we've established our relationship so much on conflict and domination and the military. It seems like that's what we're all about. Like, and that's it, or, you know, close to that's it. You don't think it's like a, 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 like a lot of people say like it's a national security issue that so many things are not made here. Oh, of course it is. We're, we're, we're so dependent on other countries. It's, it's insane. And COVID just, just um, highlighted that a lot more. I think that I think that's what it is. I think that's where that that like um, fear stems from. Mm-hmm. This like security, like you said, we're all, all about dominance and dominance, and like any chink in our armor, like people are just like, oh my god, America's not per-. like American. This is Americans being America's not perfect. What do you mean? Mm, it's like no, it's not. There's like you know, it, I feel like there's there's half the time there's these two responses you get. What you're saying, America's not perfect. What do you hate, America? Or, whoa, America's not perfect. Well, then it's trash, and we need to scrap the whole thing. Like, it's like, yo, know, can we be working on it? Are we allowed progress? I'm saying this whole COVID thing. We keep referencing COVID, but obviously it's like a ongoing thing today, right? That 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 like literally like everybody's like, no, 
America's going to beat COVID in about two months. Watch, you know, and like now that it's been going on for so long, like I said, it's like a, like a flaw. Yeah. Like America, like other, like they, like America can't get it together. It's oh, what yeah, I think other countries are like thinking. Do you like think it? That more people or less people are joining the military during COVID? Less. Less. Why do you say that? I'm curious. Who wants to be like shipped off with like 80 people <laughs> in, the conf- in a confined space? So, you know, some people aren't allowed. I've heard, I've heard, you know, because obviously, you know, we still have military friends and all that. I've heard that they're not allowing them to go on Christmas vacation. Like they're not allowed to letting them go home. Oh. Yeah, so you can think about that. I know there's a lot of restrictions. Like um, I got a friend who's stationed at a base uh, down south in Florida, and he was telling me that like, they're not allowed to do anything. They can't go out. They can't go to restaurants. They can't go to bars. They can't go to clubs. It's gotten to the point where if you get COVID, you can actually like get in serious trouble because the mentality is like, uh, uh, you you shouldn't have been doing those things in the first place. So how did you get COVID? So like if you're like you better hope you work in the medical field and your date matches the date you worked or something because if you're just like some some you know random person like working admin or something and you get covid like you can get in serious trouble what a bad see what a that is such an awful mentality to have in the military like you already know how the military is obviously like you know discipline strict there's like guidelines to everything right yeah so now you have this like junior person in the military let's say he just gets covid by chance there wasn't even doing nothing wrong now he's obviously not gonna want to tell nobody He's like, oh, they find out I have COVID. I'm getting in trouble. Yeah, so he's gonna keep, gonna keep it to himself. They and did now everybody's going to get COVID. They did the same thing at TSA, my friend was telling me. That, like, they were just like, basically, you could take off and you can quarantine, but you're using your own time and you like, or you won't get paid unless it's sick time. And, like, all you're doing is encouraging people to just say, well, fuck it. I don't feel that great, but I'm going to work. Or, you know, I may have COVID, but I'm asymptomatic, so I'm going to work. And everybody yeah, I gotta make money. Like, but, Nobody, hey, they're not gonna pay my bills. These are terrible policies that all they do is incentivize people to say fuck the rules and do whatever they want. Oh man. Yeah. But we're going a little off course here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's it, it's interesting you say that though, because I kind of thought there would be an uptick because typically the military represents, you know, stability, security, uh routine. Mm. So I thought maybe I would think. I think I have no proof of this yet. Obviously, we can't see until the future. I feel like there would be an uptick by the end of this. Just for the job security and like, what was that? Just my bet. You know, we'll find out the truth later. No, I I can see the 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 reasoning behind your points you made is it it makes sense. Stability, clearness. You know how much you're gonna get paid. You know when you're gonna get paid. It never fails. Medical. You know, yeah, you're gonna get food. You know they're getting those vaccines. Oh, yes. They're going to be right away, you know, mandatory. Get up there. Yeah, and and that's crazy because you hear, like, people, like, out here, like, oh, I don't know if I get the vaccine. I mean, I don't know if I want to get it. In the military, they're not going to give you no option. Nope. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. (laughs) You're going to get it. You know, they're going to lie to you like they always do. Yep. But, yeah, man, I I think, um, I think maybe, maybe there might be an increase. I mean, there needs to be an increase. Yeah, we don't have enough bodies. people. Bodies. Hey, we don't have we don't have enough bodies, but somehow we still spend seven hundred thirty two billion. <laughs> How? How? 
Is it going to these commercials that we see? <laughs> what do you think? I'm I'm just curious. Like in your mind, you know what? What do you think about this spending? And and I mean by that, like, there's been a lot of failure stories regarding the military in terms of like you know how it took care of veterans for example um other examples you know like like i don't this is not so much the military's fault this is more government fault but like how you know nobody was talking to each other about 9 11 they was all compartmentalized and nobody shared information or how you know we could have taken out osama a long time ago um there's just a lot of uh non-success story i mean our whole campaign in the middle east arguably um, like, what do you think about that and, and how it relates to spending specifically? Um, I think America's scared to go down in spending, right? Like, I think the solution to everything that the solution to most things that, sorry, I don't know why I keep stuttering. The solution to them is to keep spending more money. Mm -hmm. Just keep throwing more money at it. That's how I feel is going on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's helping it or not, but I feel like it's like the public they like value so much the public opinion as in like, oh my God, they decrease spending. Oh my God. Other countries are going to catch up to us and we're doomed. Mm. You know, uh, obviously spending does help a lot, like how good your military is, but like also we have a lot of good practices and a lot of good training. You can see it compared to other countries. Yeah. Right. It's not just all the money. Money's important, but it's not just all the money. Right. And I think that's what this stems from. The spending stems from America, not wanting to be seen as like weak. You know, it's like going backwards in time, like, oh, they're spending less on their defense. Oh, my God, we're, you know, we're going to get it now from other countries. They're going to try to invade us. You think it's like spending for show? Exactly. That Back to that theater, uh, theater Roosevelt, you know, carry a big stick. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If if one is worse, what do you think is worse? Ignorance spending, like because you don't know or spending with the intention just to show. Um, well, that's a good one. Or do you think they're they're both bad? You know, then they're both. You got to choose like the lesser evil mm -hmm. on whichever you stand. Or problematic, but, I guess. Bad, yeah, or black or white. Yeah, but then like, you could. I mean, like you said, like at the end of the day, like people are always like, "Oh, we got this big aircraft carriers. We got all these things, right? We got these massive helicopters, state of the art things." But like, if you just trained your personnel better, mm -hmm. all these things would benefit from it. Mm -hmm. As much as we like to say, like, "Oh, we rely on like." electronics and technology and that's what drives it like at the end of the day a person's the one that's behind that yeah you know what i mean like something's broken most of the time the human's the one that's gonna have to fix it your personnel's gonna have to fix it mm -hmm. most of these machines cannot fix themselves you know like it's training it's giving personnel incentives like more advancement things of that nature all right, that's where most of this military spending in my opinion should go not all of it obviously you still need all this infrastructure you know key bases running you know, to go smoothly, but, you know, incentivize people to stay in, incentivize good programs, incentivize, incentivize more opportunities. So the military doesn't just seem like it's just one thing. Like it, like I heard this so many times while I was in like, oh, the military is trying to be like a fortune 500 company. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard that while I was, where you were in. No. Yeah. They're like, the military is not what it was anymore. It's like trying to be run like a fortune, fortune 500 company. Right. I mean, like there's a reason why these fortune 500 companies are successful you know there's patterns within these companies maybe if you we should start looking at those and like seeing the opportunities that they've created and things of that nature and maybe then we will start like 
being able to allocate this money correctly. Are you saying, um, so I just, I just want to um, be clear about what you were saying there. Um, could you repeat that example you gave just now? The Fortune 500? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Fortune yeah, yeah. 500. Yeah, so and like a couple of times, like, you know, our leadership, my leadership directly, and I heard this on different bases. They were like, oh, no, like, the military is not like it used to be. Used to be as in like, I guess how they would say like in the Vietnam era, mm-hmm. right? Like very rough style, very um, like don't give a fuck attitude, right? Not not saying that's wrong, but they're just like that's the, the, the stigma behind that. And now it's more like political. Political is in a sense that like more things get debated. There's more, you know, views coming in and out. Think, you know, things get discussed a lot. There's a lot more debates within the military itself. Right. Instead of everything being just so direct all the time. And how do you think so spending not- uh, ties into the Fortune 500 component or, or Fortune 500 like component? Because these these companies themselves like spend a lot of time on their budgets. They spend a lot of time on what it's going to get allocated. Right. And they know, know, I don't think so. No, I don't think we do because we, these fortune 500 companies, fortune 500 companies keep like changing with the times. Right. In my opinion, to be able to keep up in this, to be in the fortune 500, you got to keep with the times. You got to keep with trends. You got to keep moving in a certain direction. And sometimes I feel like the military keeps trying to be stuck in its old ways. This is not the 1950s anymore. This isn't world war two, you know, nothing against the people that fought there, the other organization, like, you know, I'm sorry, other people that lost their lives, but we're not there anymore. It is 2020. Things have changed. You know, and that's what I mean. Yeah, for sure. We we have to adapt. And the way they're going over budgets and looking at their bottom lines, we we could probably use some of that too. You know, if we're going to operate like a Fortune 500 company, well, guess what? We need to spend like it and we need to think like it. And yeah, I guess the military isn't company but i think one of the great things is when we can take you know there 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 are there are ideas principles and components that are truly universal like team management reflection um team building uh meetings you know qr or qa excuse me quality assurance you know there are certain programs that it just makes sense that they work and the military has incorporated them in and it's still the military. I mean, we still have a mission to do at the end of the day, but it has incorporated these principles in to hopefully advance. And I do agree with you that I think they need to take it even further. The military is not a company. I get that. Shouldn't be run like that necessarily. You know, there are orders to follow, ranks to respect, missions to accomplish. But I do agree with you that I think there needs to be some sort of assessment of, you know, what are the good things we can take about the business or civilian world? And how can we parallel those? Because they work with teams too. They have goals to meet. You know, there needs to be improvements, you know, interdis- interdepartmental, interdepartmental improvements, things like that. So why can't we incorporate that too? We have all this money. Surely we have more than consultants to tell us how to do it at we're least. The most, most in the world. And we've been doing it for so long. Right. And, and that's what I, and you made a good point. Like they're doing it. There has to be parallels. Like you said, it's still the military, but there can be parallels, you know, that make getting the mission done even more efficient, you know, or more streamlined. So we have to continue innovating the same way that we innovate with this infrastructure and with this technology and the aircraft carriers on the helicopters with these bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the same way we have to keep innovating with the personnel. With these programs, 
Because in my opinion, that's what's lacking, and that's where m- more money needs to be. You know, yeah, streamlined. That's what you, do. you you've seen it. You you've seen firsthand every day. We see it. You know, you know, it's like oh, there's so much of this, but there's not enough for you know the personnel. You know, it always seems like the personnel was secondhand to everything, right? Yeah. You know, and I understand, like you said, like it's it, and like I don't want to seem like I'm like you know bad mouthing it but you know like w- when you're in and you see it over and over again you're like wow like you know things need to change but then if you're that person that says things need to change you're like oh you're just not suited for the military <laughs> yeah you know? convenient dismissal yeah exactly and that's what i'm saying that's convenient dismissal of anything that like changes you know the norm of of things for so long yeah then that's what it is it's like you have this like stigma that anything changed that like doesn't fit in with this like rough and like rigged um lifestyle is just bad and it's a weakness. Yeah, and it's wrong. I mean and I think it's gonna be a thing that's continue to go on. I don't know. I don't I don't really see I don't but really this, see it changing. But this is why military spending is also necessary um to be looked at in some different lenses, like for example, the business lens we're talking about. Is that when you manage better, more efficiently. You have stronger teams, better outcomes, healthier people. Like, why wouldn't we want that for our military? Why wouldn't we want more successfully run missions, better, more efficient communication, healthier, you know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, you name it. Like, why wouldn't we want those things? There's no reason. And we're, and it's like, we're just, I, I think about this story. Do you remember, like, I, I know you're probably going to laugh right now, Um, the OPSEC training? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for, for those of you that don't know, when you're in the military, almost every month, there's some kind of training you have to do. And a lot of these courses uh, in, basically involve watching videos and, like, answering clickable questions based on those videos. So there's one that, that we have to watch very frequently. It's on OPSEC, Operational Security. And there's a part in it where they talk about this Operation Purple Dragon. Basically, there were these move, military movements in Vietnam and that Americans were do, the American military was doing. And the Vietnamese seemed to always like be able to counterattack or know where they were going or just always there. And so they thought somebody or some peoples were leaking information they were spies so they started this operation purple dragon to find it out well they conduct their whole massive investigation do you remember Estrada? what happens at the end no i don't it, it turns out that there were no spies there was no leaking of information they just had poor security on the base on movements documents whatever and the vietnamese was finding out all the information they needed to fight them so it, it just serves as an example of you know we we think it's this one thing or we're so used to it being this one thing, but if we just step back for a minute, it may be this other thing. And I think that's what um, partially applies to this spending. I think we're looking at it at the wrong way. Yeah. And it's so hard for to it even move to be seen in a different lens. Mm-hmm. Cause a different lens. I keep referring to this can show weakness mm-hmm. and show, Oh man, we're not doing everything right. We're America. We're supposed to be doing everything right. Like our military is all we, you know, we're known for, and that's such a bad way of looking at things. Yeah. And they say, you know, ignorance is bliss. 
you know, like, you know, like, oh no, 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 we're, we we got it going on. Yeah. It's America. We don't make mistakes. You know what I mean, of course, but then it yeah. doesn't help anybody, and we make yeah, more exactly. mistakes. Exactly. Yeah, those trainings, <laughs> money. Talk about losing money there. I I, I just uh, brought you back, huh? Yeah, those trainings where all this money's getting spent, and sailors, just, sailors, soldiers, you know, Marines, everybody, coasties, Air Force men are just like. Clicking through it, <laughs> not even. I'm surprised you even remember that. Yeah, man. You, you. Hey, the training worked. Hey, hey, see, I, it stuck in my head. I was listening. <laughs> man, you know what I was thinking about the other day? This is just this little inside thing. You remember? We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were leaving the military, and we had to go through that training. Yeah, tell 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 the story for those you know listening and the people who don't know. So so um, Daniel and I, we both attended this training that lasts a week, and it's supposed to prepare you to leave the military and transition into civilian life. It's called uh, it's abbreviated to TAPS. I don't know if they changed the name now, but it was TAPS. And the presenter was speaking about how to file for your disability before you get out, and how it's much easier to file for your disability. Um, so that way it can like your disability payments can start immediately once you separate from active duty. Well, this one gentleman in the class, he asked, he's like, how soon should I have done this? Cause I get out in two days. And the presenter said, you should have started this process about 90 days before you get out. Right. <laughs> and, and the gen- and the gentleman goes, wait, can I start it now? He's like, well, when do you get out? He's like in two days. He's like, oh, no, you're out of luck. And the gentleman just out of nowhere, just like with a shocked face goes, we're fucked. <laughs> he turned around, too, to look at he us. turned around. And the look on his face is just a pure despair and, like, disappointment. Because it is so difficult. Not, not so difficult. We have to go through so many, lo- uh, so many, like, what do they say? You have to go through so Loop- many. Loopholes? Hoops. Loopholes, right? No, so many hoops. Sorry. So many hoops to get this disability going. Mm-hmm. right post separation of the military but his face oh daniel and i would never forget it he said it in front of the whole class and it was like 40 like 40 of us in there no way. estimate 40 of us and he was just like we're fucked <laughs> impossible to forget man that, that face was despair <laughs> that was what hopelessness looks like yo my god i was like damn man i mean That's i'm so not fucked, you but you are yeah <laughs> i still got eight months <laughs> This man had two days. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, we shouldn't be laughing. It was it was not a good moment. But like, you just you, you had to be there to understand. <laughs> well, it's, it's, we're laughing because his, re- his reaction was like, like obviously in the military, you know, to curse like that in front of everybody. But it was so genuine. <laughs> yeah, like this this is really how he felt, and that's why we're laughing because this was a genuine reaction. Where like, even if we wanted to help him, Daniel and I, we couldn't. Like, there's nothing we could do for him. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. the presenter himself. The, couldn't have helped him yeah he was like oh man i got nothing for you that's <laughs> a little just a little insight <laughs> yeah you know it's like comical you know, thing to happen. another high note <laughs> <laughs> all right man so um any final we're keep spending more money um yeah final thought. we're gonna spend more money of course we are of course we are um i'm hoping that some of this extra money will help like the distribution of, of the vaccines and everything i hope them you know the military steps in for that but I'm I'm very interested to see what our spending is going to look like in the next four years under this new president, and and what conflicts because whatever you say about Trump, we have been 
pulling out of armed conflicts left and right. You know, we're, we're, if anything's been escalating some things in terms of our commitment to it, at least not in terms of rhetoric. So I just wonder what this new president is going to do and if they're going to get us into anything new, strengthen anything, pull troops out, what have you. Um, I think only time will tell, but I hope I hope um, I, I, I started the podcast with this and I'm going to end with this. I hope the personnel spending goes up and I hope it's efficiently spent. But I think that that change will partially only happen when the culture changes and when some of the political system changes too, because it's a reflection of how we operate outside of that. So I think those things need to get better. We need to hold a higher count also to make that happen. I agreed. Uh, that good, you brought up that good point of culture. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's got to change. It's not only the military. Yeah, and just to give one more, just one more example of like maybe like allocating more money to personnel. I remember this one of these advancement tests because we still talk to some people from the military. The advancement, like the amount of people they were going to promote in a certain rank for a certain job, was like one percent. One percent. You have a greater chance of getting into Harvard (laughs) than getting promoted in the United States military. True. What is their acceptance like? Three something? Four percent? Three percent? Okay. Three, three or 4%. You might as well just go apply at Harvard. And you know what's crazy? Place. You're talking about a job like, no disrespect, but like, this is not high level work. No. This is not like no. brain surgery. It's like a blue collar. Yeah, no disrespect to Corman or anything. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a crazy number. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's just just example that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. I always think of it because, I mean, obviously, Daniel and I go to college. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I do miss the military sometimes. Nothing against it. But then I'm like, wow, I would be fighting for that 1%. Mm-hmm. Right? That 1% advancement. So um, I think, yeah, Daniel, it's it's culture. Um, it's this mentality of, I'm going to keep bringing it up, this mentality of, like, always having to be strong, always having to be right. Mm-hmm. Things are always going right. There's no way that things could be going wrong in the military. Um, I hope um, as time changes, you know, nothing against the old generation or the ones leaving, but this newer generation starts bringing up these concerns and hopefully they're not afraid of the backlash that they might have, you know, trying to change things or trying to bring up um, new ideas. Yeah. But I do agree. We're going to keep spending money. It's just because we, we always want to be number one. You know what I mean? All the time. Of course. I mean, it's good. It motivates this competition, but certainly comes at a cost if that's our only goal or if our Huge only cost. Or what is, or, you know, maybe a redefinition of what being number one needs to be made. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. That was, um, uh, mil- that was military spending guys. Yeah. Thanks you for know. listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Daniel. And you guys have a good holiday. Yes. Safe. We are going to get back to you soon. We we're done with school. We're going to deliver more episodes. All right. Thank you guys for listening. All right, guys. Take care.